Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. With over 150 new and used cars to choose from, along with the full Renault commercial van range and competitive finance packages available within one hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. You're very welcome to Late Lunch this Monday afternoon and it's tinged with sadness, I have to tell you, because this morning when I heard the news that Pat Malkaliff from Cork uh, had passed away suddenly overnight, I just couldn't believe it. I've soldiered with Pat over the years in many a sports ground, especially on the soccer front uh, when Drogheda were flying high in the Premier Division and Cork were the big rivals as well. I came across Pat many times on my travels and he was an absolute gentleman. And he was actually working yesterday. I heard him on RT in recent days as well. And it was really, really sudden. I know all his colleagues in the Soccer Writers Association across GAA and rugby, where he worked extensively, are just numb today with news of Pat's passing. He was a lovely, lovely man, full of life, a gentleman, always helpful, always courteous and kind. And I remember him today and I'm really sad and I want to extend my sympathies to his family and friends. It's shocking, it really is, and it really does bring home the fragility of this short life that we live in. May Pat rest in peace. He was a lovely, lovely man. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this afternoon and we have lots of chat over the next couple of hours for you. And we're starting with a very interesting story in the Royal County. Yes, the footballers just fell short the weekend, but they have a man really making noise on the international stage. Yes, he's from Dunboyne in County Mead. And listen to this. He is the fastest non-motorised Irish man ever, ever in history. And he's on the line with me this afternoon. Carlo Dwyer, good afternoon. Well, how are things? How are things with you? Congratulations to you on this record you set. What speed did you attain in, in this speed skiing challenge? Um, I hit 195.3 kilometres an hour. Wow. That is fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it feels fast when you're doing it as well. I'd say it is. And you kept your hair and your clothes and everything else on. Oh, yeah, I was brand new at the end of it. <laughs> Not a bother on you. Congratulations, it is an Irish record. You are the fastest non-motorised. It's in the history books now. When and where did you do it, Carl? Um, we done it over in a resort called Vars in France at the World Champions uh, World Championships there last week. And explain for listeners what speed skiing is. Right, so they literally find a steep slope one that they can roughly kind of piece out into a track and we literally drop in from the top of the cliff and go in a straight line as fast as we can and whoever hits the top speed wins. And the distance involved, are there certain distances or how does that work? No, the distances are low enough. Uh, I think from top to bottom only takes you about 10 seconds to do the full run. Right. So, so it's, 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 a, it's a quick short run but they're just really steep. <laughs> now, I'm thinking about Dunboyne. I know the terrain over there ain't too many hills. <laughs> Where did this all happen or come from? Right, uh, so I was living over in Canada doing a ski season over there and there was an open day for an event 
Um, and I was doing a couple of seasons, so I was fairly handy at skiing. And then I just got on to the guys at the Irish Snow Sports and asked them, could I enter into uh, one of the Speed Ski World Cups in the lower category? And just rented all the gear and just kind of signed up for one of the events, uh, which didn't work out too well for me. My first year, I crashed. Uh, I just couldn't control the new equipment because I'd never used it before. Um, so I ended, went into the side netting, doing about 140, um, which wasn't my best starting performance. But then uh, I'd done it the following year, uh, done two days of it, and then I was allowed to move up to the to the professional class this year. So you're getting the knack of it. I, I said to you uh, there about keeping everything on at the speed rush you're doing over this short distance. When you talk about equipment, what, what equipment's involved? Obviously skis are under your feet. What else do you have? So the different skis to your normal, they're about 2.3, they're 2.4 metres long. So your regular ones, if you're going skiing, are normally up to about your chin. These are about two foot over me. I'm only small. Mm. Um, then we have an aerodynamic helmet. So it's kind of like a half an egg shape. Um, it's a latex rubber suit. And then there's fairings, or they call them spoilers, that come out the back of your legs, just for, purely just for stability. Okay. Um, and then you have to wear a back brace. So that's it, really. And no skis or anything like that. You just, l- out you pop and down you go. It's like the downhill. You know the one they do the jump without the jump? Is that it? Exactly. Exactly same stuff. Just a bit different equipment, but uh, pretty much we're going down a run steep as that, uh, except we're not taking off at the end. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. You were in Canada, of course, and lots of great snow over there and uh, uh, high mountains, etc. that facilitates it. Did you ever do this here? Like, I know Kiltiernan's in Ireland. Was that ever part of your younger life growing up? Oh, yeah. That's where I learned to ski. Right. Um, I learned to ski up in Kiltiernan there. And we used to go on school trips and then you'd go on the odd week away here and there. But yeah, I learned how to ski up in Kiltiernan. And then when I was in university in Minute, I was looking after the ski club there. And we got to do a couple of trips and things like that. So that really kind of got me into it. Mm. You mentioned but, uh, when you started off, you had a difficult first year. But bit by bit, you, you, you got used to this. Injury-wise, have you, have you ever had anything serious? Because like at those speeds, if you get it wrong, it's, it can be ca- catastrophic, really. Um, no, on touch wood now, I've never had um, any anything severe now. Mm. Uh, last year, I injured myself before the competition. I snapped ligaments and things like that in my leg or in my foot. But the ski boot is like a cast, so you literally just strapped it up and a load of painkillers and it was grand. Mm. But um, from crashing and stuff, just bruising and... Um, a lot of physio afterwards but nothing ever broke thank God touch wood I see the Olympic family it's not part of it it was at one stage but it's not now they're concerned about safety you know does that even emphasise how uh, fraught with danger this is that you do I it's it's considered dangerous back then yes and what tainted the sport in 1992 for the demonstration was um, one one of the main competitors um, who was set for a medal. Actually, he died, he crashed, but it wasn't during the event. He was skiing normally, mm. and it just put a bad picture on the sport then after that. Yeah. And then a couple of the older tracks where they used to have it, getting down to the run is one of the most difficult parts because you're coming down the side of a mountain yes. to get to your starting point. And there was one resort in France where two people passed during events getting to the course. And it just, it's been painting a bad picture on it. So 
now they've taken it to a different level altogether where the safety is the main priority. Mm. Where if the winds are over 10 or 15 kilometers an hour, we're not allowed to run. And uh, the track has to be immaculate. Um, so it's mainly wind conditions, snow conditions. Then there's people checking the track. So the tracks are all an awful lot better than they used to be. Um, and they're, they're putting it down as now one of the safest for the amount of crashes compared to, say, a downhill event where yeah. they'll definitely have one or two a day where in the speed skiing, we'd done a four-day event, I think we had one crash. Okay, so there's a possibility um, that perhaps down the road uh, the Federation will look to be readmitted or talk to the Olympic Council again? I'm not sure. I, any of the, the, the main guys that I'm competing against, I've said this to them before, and they don't seem too uh, keen on it. But okay. the sport is definitely getting a lot, a lot more publicity. Mm. Uh, we had the, the World Cup downhill champion at racing this week with us. She came over from downhill to try and break 200 kilometres an hour. So the sport got a lot of good publicity this um, this past week. Mm. So they're slowly definitely building it to be a safer um sport but oh geez I'd love if it got back into the Olympics <laughs> I'm sure you'd be very keen to represent us here in little old Ireland that doesn't get a lot of snow and uh, conditions I better not say that because the next thing will be a deluge next week when you see knowing my yeah, luck no, it's the way, isn't it? anyway Carol I want to ask you this did you say this uh, is this a true quote I don't like doing 120 kilometres in the car but when I'm on skis well it's a different story did you say that Something along the lines of that, yeah. I, like, I wouldn't be mad for going speed in cars. Like, I'm happy enough on the speed limits all the time. Yeah. Uh, if someone started tearing along in the car now, I'd be doing what everyone else does and holding the handle. My friends would always say when I was younger, I never really rallied around in a car even when I was younger. But on skis, the speed part doesn't bother me at all. I feel a lot more in control. Mm. There must be some rush when you just start at that shot it's a short course and it's steep and you just hop out on the skis at the very top the the rush through your body must be something else of adrenaline oh it's mad yeah because at the start it's kind of very tense you're building up you're you're they call you out you're standing sideways and then you have to kind of do a jump start and then you go from st- standing still to 195 up to 200 kilometers an hour in about five six seconds <laughs> and then it feels that when you're going down, the time is slowing down because you can you actually have time to adjust your line, and and then the the real impact is when you try to slow down. So when you come out of a your compression tuck, you have to stand up, and the air or the wind resistance slows you down quite a lot. But it's the noise. It's like when you open a car window on the motorway, mm. and you're going from absolute silence, and then as soon as you stand up, this overwhelming noise just comes all around your helmet. Um, and I only experienced that for the first time because I was going as fast as I was last week and that frightened the life out of me when I stood up because I wasn't <laughs> expecting it. So, Here's a stupid question. How do you stop? You literally have to stand up, spread yourself out, they call it a gorilla pose and that the wind resistance actually slows you down quite a lot enough that you're able to actually start manoeuvring the skis to start putting on the brakes. Right. Um, but I found that very difficult at the start because I'm just not used to the big skis. Um, they're just they're they're I think they're about fourteen, fifteen kilos for the skis, where your normal mountain skis are you know a couple of kilos and they're easy to maneuver. But mm. these things that you have on, they're they're like wooden, just full wooden planks. You have to mm. try and maneuver them to slow you down. So um, yeah, you feel it in the legs afterwards, definitely. 
I'm sure you would. I'm just picturing you. You know the aircraft carriers where the jets come in and land and you see the parachute coming out in the back? <laughs> oh, well, sure. They to do, slow them. They do, they do an event up in the resort where we were where it's called the Speed Masters where people try and break all the land records. Um, but there's guys there doing it on like bicycles um, all these other kind of um, like scooter type style things. But a few of them have parachutes because they can't put on the brakes mm. like we would on skis. But they definitely have, they pull a rope and they have a little parachute comes out because that's the only way they can slow down. Mm, you're some community of brave people, I have to say. Others would say you're probably wacky, but you love what you do and you get an awful lot back from it, as you were saying. Now, look at this. Here you are, just short of 200 kilometres per hour you've, you've been with this new <laughs> Irish record. How far can you push it? Will you get over the 200? Have you ambitions oh, beyond easily, that? Oh, easily, easily get over 200. Um, I would have got it this time only. It was, the, the snow conditions weren't great, so they were restricting how many people were going up higher on the on the mountain. So we went from about four-fifths of the way up, and I, would, I wasn't allowed to go any higher because only the top 25 qualified to move up to the higher starting point, and I finished 29th. So I was... I think a kilometre and a half short of getting into the top 25 to move up. And I think the slowest that came down from that next start there was 2.09. So, yeah, no, I think with a bit more work next year, I'll definitely be able to squeeze into that top 25 and get over the top and move up into the, the into the 200 bracket. So is that your next big event? Will it be 12 months from now or have you, have anything, have you anything in between? Or what do you plan in between I, now? Oh, I, I have won now in about 10 days. We have the, the last competition of the, of the season in Andorra. So basically throughout the, the year you do, you're competing in these World Cups and you build up points um, and the finals for giving out the trophies and stuff are all in Andorra now in 10 days. So I get four days racing in over there and then that's it for 12 months because there's only one track in the world is the one in France where you can break 200. Right. So it's all kind of saving and training until I get to there again. We've got a bit of snow, the hill of Tara. Well, any oh, options yes, there? Be, I'd be flat out there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the tourists would love to. Oh, could add to the historical nature. Just a thought crossed my mind there. Tara could be known for something else in the near future and you could lead the charge there. Fantastic. Yeah. You're a great well, fella, honestly. <laughs> No, it'd definitely be something for the tourists to see, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would indeed. <laughs> Carl, congratulations. We're delighted to get you and acknowledge you today on LMFM Radio, I your home station. Now, oh, no, say. it's great. It is great. And you are officially the fastest Irishman, non-motorised in history. Good luck to you with the next event in Andorra, and I wish you well for the future. You'll break that 200, I'm sure. Thanks for joining oh, fingers me. Fingers crossed. Thanks very much, and Not, I'll talk to you later. Take care. See you now, Carl. Bye-bye. That's Carl O'Dwyer there from Dunboyne. Officially... Ireland's fastest man. He is, yes. What an event that is when you think of it on the skis. It's sheer if you look at it. It's unbelievable. You want plenty of guts uh, to get up there and give it a go. And this man has. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We're heading towards our first break of the afternoon. Our Liverpool's name on the Premier League trophy. Well, after yesterday, you'd nearly think so, wouldn't you? Oh, my word. They got that goal. It was incredible in the last few minutes. But there you have it. A few games to go yet. Watch this space. Louise has her voice back. Hello, Louise. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> she has. You had an award, truly, on I Friday. Hadn't. 
I couldn't, oh, couldn't speak at all. It was I don't know what happened. Picture and no sound. <laughs> My husband was delighted. I enjoyed Friday too, I yeah. have to say. <laughs> uh, I can still hum. <laughs> she even with can. No she can indeed. I know, Look, that drives you mad. April 1st, there are so many. You've spotted them all, the April Fools. You've thrown a couple to, a couple to me here as well uh, that you spotted uh, around the place. Yeah. How, uh, <laughs> what about Theresa May on EastEnders? We'll all be tuning somebody in. Somebody in here fell for that. We won't tell you who, but somebody did. Yeah, <laughs> EastEnders about to appeal for Brexit. I thought that was a bril- brilliant one. Robotic dairy cow takes its first steps in Mead. <laughs> yes, ro- may not be too far from the truth. Though. We'll be listening to the farm news, and there'll be robo cows now have gone stray and gone missing from land somewhere in the Royal County. That'll be the next one. Trolley watch exhibition in Navin tonight. It's a great on, one, isn't it? Come on. Do you think we all came down the river on a a tulip leave? Jerry, I was going through all of all of the, the streams this morning and I even said to you, look, that has to be. It was about uh, a weather warning. I said, there you go. There's an April Fool joke about snow on the way. And you turned around and you said, uh, it's not, Louise. It's actually it's not, true. It's not because the weather temperatures are really cooling this week and there is uh, a snow and frost and sleet and hail warning genuinely for the country. But you thought that was it. After the, I just think it's so hard to yeah, tell see, fake had, from Yeah, but the, the mild fools. weather, we've had unusually wild weather in February and it's sort of continued and now we're just getting a little bit of a cold snap. But that that is not fake news. That is not an April fool, we have to tell you for sure. Anyway, we have another birthday celebration in the Kelly household today. Messy. Yeah. <laughs> well, this one didn't cost a lot. I won't. Messy, our dog, is eight years old today. He's an old April fool, black Labrador. And I don't know what the listeners will remember. It's quite a few years ago now. We got him at eight weeks old. He was born on the 1st of April. And myself and Deirdre Hurley was here with me at the time. We had a poll of listeners to ask our listeners to name the dog for us. We gave three options. I can't remember what the other two are, but Messy came out on top on a text vote here on Late Lunch. So we called him Messy. And I'll tell you a little story about that. After I christened him, I had a call from a lady who's involved in the world of animals and psychology and that, who said to me, Jerry, bad mistake to call him Messy. Because Messy, by name and nature, Oh, right. You so understand? That, yes, yeah. He was just going to. But she was your house. thinking M E S S Y. Whereas my flat is M E S S I. We called him after Lionel, the footballer. Because my previous dog. My previous, my previous dog was Jack, Black Labrador as well, who we called ourselves at home after Jack Charlton. Oh, very good. Didn't so know that. we continued the football connection. Anyway, wasn't it interesting? I had to tell her, no, it's actually after a footballer and he's brilliant, which my dog turned out to be absolutely brilliant. Well, I, I might say that at the minute, Louise, but uh, at times you'd wonder where I'm. He's eight, I think, going on eight months still. Do you know that? Is he's he going backwards. No, he's still such a young dog at heart. Now, how many years is he? You know, in these dog years, eight, seven, 56 he is today, is he? 56. I think that's what we calculated. That's no, eight sevens. No, you did eight sevens or fifty six, but you don't calculate that way anymore, Jerry. Why? Well, they, they, nobody ever knew why in the first place. Okay, actually. come but on, no, tell what me. What you do You're... is rough guide. Okay. Um, we kind of estimated your dog to be medium because he was under fifty kgs. He so. is. Okay, so you do fifteen human years equals the first year of a medium sized dog's life so they age 15 years in the first year in one year year. okay go on I'm adding up here year two yeah go on equals nine years okay go on and then after that each human year would be 
five years for a dog. Okay, so that's two. That's six by five is 30. Okay, so that's 30 and 15 is 45 and nine is 54. So there's only two years between the old way of calculating, which is seven years for every year, and your new method. Yeah. But that only works for the eight. I wonder if you did the whole, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, would it work? You know, like one you would have said was seven, but actually he's not, he's 15. Yeah, but what I did, if you think about it, he's eight. Mm. So eight sevens, well, he's seven years. He's only gone into his eighth year. Do you understand? Mm. He's seven. We'll say eight, eight sevens are 56, you, yeah. using the old way. Using your way, it's 15 plus nine plus 30. So it's, 50, it's only two years 54. out. 54. So there's not a lot of difference between the new calculation method and the old one. For not, for age eight? Yeah. 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 Uh, oh. But you know, if he was only one and you'd say, oh, he's seven, but he's not, he's actually 15. Hmm. Yes, um, he's old or young in human now. years. Jesus, you're actually turn, turning me into Nazi here, <laughs> would you? Will you quit? Quit, quit, quit. We're not going to do any more adding on late lunch today. But I do know what you're saying. If you go on the old method, after a year, he's 15. Yes. Right. Not Whereas seven. on the, uh, on, that's on your new method, but on the old method, he'd only be seven. So it has a little bit of difference as they, but the cumulative effect, can I say that, of eight years, there's only two year difference when he's yeah. at this point but in his life. But it doesn't matter what age he is, he's still turning yeah, your hair grey, is, is he? <laughs> your hair. Ah, <laughs> oh, you know what, he is. He's still boisterous and I think young at heart and he's greying a little bit in the chin for sure. But uh, look, we love him and little Ava, his birthday was last week, just loves him and he's so good. We're like, he's a big dog, he's a strong dog. He's not the largest, he's in the medium, as you say, but by God, he's a powerful animal, so he is, you know. And loves people he knows, totally dislikes strangers or anyone round the place that he doesn't know which I really appreciate. He's a great fella for that uh, and I love Garden. him for it. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's great like that. But anyway, happy birthday, Messi. Eight years young today. Where have those eight years gone? Haven't they just flown by? You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk with over 150 new and used cars to choose from along with the full Renault commercial van range and competitive finance packages available within one hour. There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors Inner Relief Road, Dundalk. In Ireland, this week is Organ Donor Awareness Week. It's a huge week in the country and a lot goes on around it, publicising the importance of letting people know in your life that if something were to happen to you, that your organs are available for transplant. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a while. But during the week on Late Lunch, we're going to meet some people who've been beneficiaries of organ donation. And first up today is a very well-known man in business circles and more in the northeast. He headed up his own empire, John McGovern Menswear in Drogheda, for over 34 years. And he is the recipient of a kidney and he's with me today John you're very welcome to Late Lunch Thanks for asking me here 34 was, years was it? It was a long <laughs> time a long time but good times And before that how long did you work your, your lifetime? About 50 years in shop life My uh, word yeah. Isn't that a lot Where did you start John? Started in Gallagher's in Shop Street in 1964 and then went to, to Brady's in West Street in 65 when Charlie McGee bought Gallagher's I moved out and went over to Brady's 73, got married in 72 to marry and uh, opened our own shop in 1973 in the Abbey. 
and the rest is history. Do you remember the pulleys and Brady's for the money oh, where you put the money in and pulled great. the thing and it shot up? Great fun. I can remember that <laughs> I well. I used to have to fix them because they were constantly broken. And they, funny enough, they were never owned by the shop. They were only leased from a company called Lamps and Paragon. And they used to send supplies down and you had to get the catapult. It was a catapult system, really. Yes. And you had to repair them and keep them going like you know i never seen one of the wires snapping because I'd say if it did it'd take the head <laughs> health and safety today it wouldn't be allowed wouldn't like, allow it, it wouldn't no, allow it no. yeah. and the money but within when you paid your money went into that and went up to the office and the change yeah. was sent back down yeah, to the counter yeah. oh my god yes great, memories memories great system. now your story on this very special week dates back to 1980 you got a diagnosis of what polycystic kidneys which what does that mean? Mean poly means many, many cysts on the kidneys, and it's not operable. It's it's, it's a condition, genetic condition. Unfortunately, we we've got it from previous generations. We don't know where, because our own parents are were gone and no diagnose that there. But it can skip generation, and it can. But as a family, four of us and four of us have. PKD, as the, as the Yang says. Four children in your family yeah. all have uh, this. All have, and your yeah. mother and father who'd passed on, they had no issues with this at all? Not that we know of. Okay. Not that we know so of. So there's, no. you have this. Uh, Agnes, your sister, had a transplant when? In nine, 13 years ago now. Okay. Yeah. Eddie, who was well known as well, sadly, who passed away in 2016, he was on dialysis. Dialysis for about four years. And your other sister, Anne? Started dialysis in September last year. My yeah. God, when you think in the one family, John. Lightning striking four times, never mind once. So 1980, you're diagnosed. You're living with this, obviously. You don't have major issues in the early years, do you? Not not particularly. It's it's a condition that you can can slightly manage with diet and everything else. It's it's a non-dairy diet, really, like, you know, Mm. cheese, milks and all that, everything. Things that everybody likes and loves, you have to... Keep away from them because it causes problems, kidney problems and uh, other problems. And you have a bit of high blood pressure, which can be controlled medically. And Mm. you have to keep that right because blood pressure causes kidney problems and kidney causes blood pressure. Kidney problems cause (laughs) blood pressure. It's a two-way. It's it's a two-way thing. And uh, I was lucky to get as long as I did. I didn't go on dialysis until August sixteen. A couple of weeks after Eddie died. So 2016 so. from 1980, you managed this with diet and looking after yourself yeah. and being awareness and medications, etc. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What is it like to go on dialysis? How does it impact on your life? Well, in most cases, it's it's um, it's three days a week area of life, really. Like, you know, you, you have three days a week at four, four hours of a spin and... That's hemodialysis now done in the, our local renal centre here, which is phenomenal to have in mm. our town. We don't appreciate it. Like, there's great workers in there. Jackie and Colin and the, the team are brilliant. Yes, and I know there. people from all over Loudmead come to Loudmead, the... Loudmead, Monaghan, Cavan come. Come to the facility in Drogheda. Yeah. And prior to this, you were going into the to city. Dublin, yeah. Into Dublin, mm. which and Eddie used to have to do it until, until we got okay. that here. But dialysis is... It's... It's not so bad, really. Like it doesn't inca- it, it incapacitates you when you're on it. You can't do move off it. Or you can't do anything. You can listen to the radio, look at the, mm. wherever's wherever's there. But it's um, it's tiring. Yeah, it's tiring. It's raining on the day. Next day, I'm not so bad, but then come 
you're only getting good when you're back in back again. again. Like, you know, so, it's, uh, so fair to say it's life limiting. It is life limiting. Yeah. You're restricted yeah. in where you can go, you go what you can yeah, do, yeah, what you yeah. drink, all yeah. this type That's of right. stuff. Yeah. Okay. So 2016, you're on dialysis. And are you on the list before that or then for a transplant? When did you go on the list? I wouldn't have gone on the list for about six months, I'd say. After the dialysis started? Yeah. yeah. I went on dialysis because I I got severe kidney pain. Mm. And I had to have a nephrectomy, which they call it, which is a kidney remo- removal. My left kidney had to be removed, which took a while. And it was only after that happened that... I had needed dialysis. Okay. I didn't need dialysis before, before that. that. Okay. Now, I was low. I was down to about 12%, mm. but it was worse after the mm. operation. So you're left with one kidney that's not functioning properly either yeah. and dialysis so, keeping you yeah, going. Yeah. It's as simple as that. When did you get the call for the... Do you remember the day or the evening or the hour you got the call? Oh, I do very well. I can't be specific about it because of yes. confidential problems, yeah. but I got a call late one night and just say... John, we have perspective. We have a prospective kidney for you. How quick can you make it to us? I was in Beaumont within an hour, and I was operated on the next morning. Like it was just as quick like as that. that. It was quick as that. So you got it's your like, new it's kidney. It's like a, a lady going in to have a baby. Yeah, <laughs> you have the, the bags packed and, and, and ready, to ready to go. <laughs> and you had as yeah, well. And, and, thank, and that, thankfully, the kidney was for me. Yeah, and like it could have been a case that sorry doesn't suit mm. or something's mm. wrong so the match was perfect match and it happened good, yeah. so that was uh, autumn time of last year and here yeah. you are today with your new kidney out you come you make it sound simple like going in and having a baby but home mm. you come obviously there's the rejection thing there's lots oh, of drugs yeah. and drugs. looking after yourself involved yes yeah. still drugs uh, and that will twice be for a day, life yes. twice a day oh yeah. yeah how has life changed Life has changed. It's so free. I can go off. I can go on three days holidays now. <laughs> I used to go on two days. Uh, but the girls in the IKA and, and they're very good at arranging. If you need to go away for longer, they can get you dialysis elsewhere. Like, you know, but, yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's more planning involved, but at the mm. moment it's great. So are you off dialysis? I'm off dialysis. Completely. Yeah, I'm okay. on drugs instead. Ah, well, that's, and, and that's part, yeah. pa- par, part and yeah. parcel of yeah. the course. True. You're looking really well, may I say. Everybody tells me I'm looking great. You are, because I met you before, and of course it takes its toll when you're on dialysis, you mentioned it there, but you are looking great. Do you think about the person who gave you this new lease of life? Constantly, constantly. Yeah, it's unreal. Uh, And what you do think of them, like, you know, and it's, it's so important for donors to emphasise to their family that they want to donate. Mm. That's the big thing in donation. Like, yeah. You know, change the law, change the law, it makes no difference. If the, if the next of kin are not aware of what the donor wants, it's no good. It's no use. And that's why you're with us yeah, today, yeah. because we're going to highlight this. And we are highlighting it, yeah. and I'm going to tell people how they can make mm. sure that their wishes are made known, and mm. there's no doubt about this. Yeah. But you're right, law will not change, change. this. No. You and I and everybody listening today must make this personal decision themselves. So life is really good again. You're getting a second shot at this, John. True, it's great, yeah. yeah. Would you be available for a few days in any of the outfitters if they were stuck? Uh, no, I think I've enough of that. No, <laughs> yeah. I have enough, yeah. No, I think enough's enough. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, but but it does release you, as you said, yeah, to true. do things that you oh, couldn't yeah, in the past. Yeah, I would probably go back and play golf again, though, which I'd played for years. And, and you had to stop, had you? Well, I wasn't I wasn't fit enough, like, you know, but I, 
I, I fit enough now, I think, to, to yeah. go back and play. It's a great back. time it's of the year. We're coming into spring, summer, summer soon, yeah, John, so, and you're so, like you're so. enough over this yeah. now at this yeah. stage yeah. to look at that. Sure. Um, what about it in terms of your family as well? I'm sure they're thrilled to see. Mary, Mary has been a wonderful nurse and minded me and down through the years and totally thrilled about the whole thing and delighted with it. Tells everybody and mm. uh, compliments. The, the donor, like you know, and uh, our son, we have one son, lives in England, and he was home on numerous occasions and great support. Like, you know, yeah, like mm. Mary was Mary Carroll from RD, if any of the Ardonians know her. So, I'm sure they do, I'm sure they do know her well. So, life is good, and yeah. you're a real positive story and outcome from a recipient of a kidney in, yeah. in John's yeah. case. Now, let me tell you this here's the deal because you need to know this. If you're listening to us today and you'd like to make sure that if, God forbid, anything happened to you, that there's no doubt about this, this is what you do. The Irish Kidney Association, uh, you can get an organ donor card from them, and I'm going to give you their number, and we'll have it available here. It's 01620 That's 01620 You can text from your phone, donor. Text the word donor to 50050. That'll work. You can check their website, ika.ie. You can download the free digital organ donor card. Now, I'd say this is what an awful lot of people will do. The app. So download the free digital organ donor card app to your phone and make your wishes known. Mm. Now, there's no excuse there, John. No. That's every yeah. avenue possible covered, covered. to get in there and covered off and as well. We're also on the town on Wednesday. There'll be some people out on the town on Wednesday with, with donor cards and with forget-me-nots. I see uh, them. Where the donation is not... Uh, donation of cash is not that important, but mm. it it has an importance in, in the whole thing. The IKA are a brilliant organisation. That's the Irish Kidney Association. Association yep. yeah. They have support centre in Dublin and they're building one in Cork. And it's wonderful. It was wonderful for us after, after transplant and it's wonderful for, for everybody that goes through Bowman. And please think of the, those on dialysis at the moment. Just... 1,873 people on dialysis in this country. At the minute? At the minute. And all on lists waiting for... Waiting, waiting for, hoping to get something. That they'll get a kidney get like you did, yes. yes. Yeah. So, it's a, so it's a big number of people. So you'll see them out and about with the lovely purple yes. flowers selling on yes. Wednesday yes. as well. Give them all your support. Yeah. John, you're a great news story. Thank, Thank you. you for dropping in to us today right. to tell it on this very special yeah. week. It's Organ Donor, Donor Awareness Week in Ireland and we'll have more donor stories on late lunch as the week moves through. But for the moment... Best of health to you, John. Thanks for dropping in. Right. John McGovern. Thank you very much. I'd like to congratulate Navin man Keith Russell. We met him on late lunch a wee while back. He came third in his first attempt at the Dublin to Belfast Ultra Marathon. 107 miles he did at the weekend. Remember, he lost his daughter, Alana, and he's now raising funds to get children with disabilities to Disneyland. He's a great guy, Keith Russell. Remember, he had Alana on the Dublin Marathon. He took her on the marathon. Actually, she passed away shortly after that, and we remember her today. But well done to you Keith great achievement 107 miles and he's thinking and working towards the uh, well-being of other children who need assistance as well Disneyland was isn't it a great experience to take children to but well done to you Keith still to come on late lunch this afternoon we're going to hear about the best single malt 
Irish whiskey. It's the single malt, best in the world. It's Irish and it has associations with County Loud. We're going to unveil our unsung hero for the month of March as well today. And Werner Wheelock is back with us. He was with us in studio a while back with Nicky Kyle. And on that day, lots of people onto us asking Werner, He's the man who advocates a low-carb, high-fat diet. What should we actually be eating? And we're going to have uh, Werner with us on the line in a wee while to tell you all about that. That's a request from our listeners here on Late Lunch. Now, talk about sad news uh, today. Well, you know, at times you just think and say to yourself, what is this world all about? Lynn Brown, a young woman lost her life in tragic circumstances over the weekend. Uh, she was a teacher at Ballamakenny College, right down beside where I live on the north side of Drogheda, a lovely new college there. And we have a statement from the principal of Ballamakenny College, Alan Mines, and Alan is on the board of management as well. And it says as follows, We learned this morning of the death of our beloved colleague and teacher, Lynn Brown. This is a terrible tragedy for the family, our school and our community. We are deeply saddened by this event. Our sympathy and thoughts are with our family and friends. Lynn was a founding member of Ballamakenny College, an art teacher and assistant principal. Her husband is our school caretaker. We've been in contact with our family and they have requested that we all understand their need for privacy at this difficult time. Offers of support have been pouring in and are greatly appreciated. Our school has implemented our critical incident management plan. Psychologists from the National Educational Psychological Service, NEPS, and counsellors from neighbouring schools have been with us, supporting and advising teachers in their efforts to assist our school community at this time. We would ask you to respect our privacy at the moment. And that comes in from Alan Mines, Principal of uh, Ballamakenny College and uh, on behalf of the Board of Management. I have to say, Louise, you've been looking as well at this shocking, tragic story on social media interaction. The outpouring of love and grief and support is incredible, isn't it? For oh, this? it's just, social media is just overrun from messages mm. of condolences and and people just saying what a beautiful lady she was and what a gorgeous smile she had. Mm. And she's vacious. a member of a very well-known and respected Drogheda family, the Keeley family as well. And we think of them and the Brown family today as well. And a, a lovely statement here. She was into her running and athletics and Drogheda District Athletic Club uh, have said the following. As a club and community, we are deeply saddened and devastated to hear of the tragic passing of our friend and fellow member, Lynn Brown. To Kenneth, Baxter and to the wide, wider Brown and Keeley families, we convey our deepest and heartfelt sympathies forever in our hearts. Beautiful Lynn. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What can you say? There's no just no. I, I said it again. The fragility of life. We we you just don't know. We we just rattle have to along. Live in the moment. You live in the moment, Louise. That's it. Enjoy the day. Live in the moment. Love your family and your friends. Be happy. There's nothing else to it in this short span that we're given on this earth of ours. But you just don't know, do you? You do not know the minute that tragedy comes and taps you on the shoulder. And again, we remember the beautiful Lynn Brown today and. Her family's the Keelys and the Browns and her husband and boy as well. It's a shocking, shocking day for them all. Let's remember her with Eva Cassidy.
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk. Test drive the all-new fully electric Renault Zoe and the all-new Renault 1.3 petrol Kajar today. With finance arranged within the hour, there's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors in a relief road Dundalk. Some weeks back, we had a fascinating conversation here in studio with my next guest on the show today. He joined me along with our organic gardening guru, Nicky Coyle, in studio. He was talking about his latest work, a book called Healthy Eating, The Big Mistake, which promotes high-fat low carb diet. Now when Werner Wheelock uh, went his way that day and he's been travelling most of the time since, a lot of listeners were on to us to say you didn't get into specifics Jerry, about what people should be eating in terms of a high fat low carb diet so when you want something we come back to it. It's always our promise Werner Wheelock is on the line and we're going to have a chat about specifics for the next while Werner, good afternoon to you Hello, Jerry. Pleased to be back with you. Ah, it's great to have you back on the line with us. So, Werner, that day, quite a number of people rang and contacted us and say, could you get that man back on to give us a little few more specifics? Because, Werner, as you know, every day we're picking up news all over the place about what we should or shouldn't be eating. So, can we start at breakfast time? What are good foods to get the day going, Werner? Well, look, uh, let's just start with, start with, uh, with the bad one, then we'll go on the good one. Okay. Um, I mean, there is no question sugar is just bad news. It doesn't contain any other nutrients of any kind. Uh, it, it's just a source of energy and nothing more. But apart from that, um, if you consume a lot of sugar in some places, or in some case of some individuals, a small amount, sugar can be very damaging to your health. So, so there's no, can I, there's no can question I, about that. Cut out, cut out the sugar as far as possible, and that applies to everybody. OK, can I ask you this? Because a lot of people uh, give their children these cereals in the morning, and a lot of them are sugar-coated cereals as well, chocolate-coated cereals. If you're going for a cereal in the morning, what should you have? Right, well, uh, let me say, uh, to begin with, that the the typical breakfast that we often hear about, which is regarded as healthy, is um, toast, uh, breakfast cereals, and orange juice. Now, the reality is that can add up to uh, between 20 and 30 teaspoonfuls of sugar, you know, when the starch breaks down to sugar. Uh, And when you think that the blood normally contains about one teaspoonful of sugar. That just shows you the load you're getting from that so-called healthy breakfast. So let me tell you what I have. Yep. Um, I, I, I uh, make up my own cereal in inverted commas and I use uh, ground, uh, 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 <coughs> ground flax uh, which I buy over here. It's actually made in Ireland. Uh, I use seeds, you know, it might be pumpkin seeds, um, it could be um, say, uh, flax seeds themselves. Uh, you know, most seeds are quite good. And then I would have uh, some some fruit and I would go for the berries. That would be blueberries, strawberries, raspberries. And to top it all off, I put in uh, you know, quite, quite a big helping of cream. So that then is uh, my cereal. And then when you talk about cream, Werner, what do you mean? Fresh cream? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I like good uh, double cream, you know, with loads of fat in it. Yeah, what about yoghurt? Uh, yes, but if you're going for yoghurt, then go for the full fat sort. 
for heaven's sake, keep away from all these low-fat ones because you you get hit with a, a double whammy there. First of all, uh, the manufacturers have taken out the, the good fats and um, invariably they put in sugar and or sweeteners and both of those, as I'm sure you appreciate, are very bad news indeed. OK, now I have to ask you about one thing you left out there that people like at breakfast time, banana. Uh, no, I'm afraid not. Um, banana has got a hell of a lot of sugar in it. Um, I think I mentioned to you when I was over before that there is a Dr. David Unwin in uh, Merseyside. Um, if anybody is interested, just uh, you know, Google him. Uh, that is Dr. David Unwin, and he's got a fantastic series of slides in which he relates the. Um, the teaspoons of sugar that is present in a, a serving of food. I've got uh, one or two of them in front of me now. Um, he doesn't actually give bananas. Oh, he does give bananas on these. And uh, an average serving of bananas, uh, the serving size of 120 grams, that's probably about one banana, that would have six teaspoonfuls of sugar in it. So would you cut bananas out of your diet completely? Um, no, not necessarily, uh, but I think if you're having them, then you've got to appreciate that they do actually, that the starch present in them does break down to quite a lot of glucose. Okay, now, the breakfast. You know the traditional English or traditional Irish breakfast of eggs, rashers, sausages, pudding, all this type of thing. What's what's your view on that type of breakfast? Uh, Well, most of those are good news. Uh, First of all, eggs are absolutely excellent. Uh, you know, I, I, I would normally uh, have um, an omelette probably every other day, um, but you know, rashers uh, and good quality sausages. Yeah. I mean, the trouble is with sausages, you, you know, you, you can get some pretty awful ones. But if you go for, you know, uh, decent quality sausages with uh, pr- proper ingredients, uh, they're absolutely fine. Okay. Um, um, so uh, I mean, I I uh, I I would have um, you know eggs very often, or I have black pudding, although there's a little, a little, little bit of carbs in there, but never um, never mind. And then I would have mushrooms, uh, uh, you know, quite regularly as well. So I mean, that's the good news because you 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 can have. Uh, many of these traditional breakfast. Irish or okay. breakfasts so you to- all good news. Okay, you told us that you have, I talked about those traditional breakfasts. Let's move on to the day and we come up towards uh, lunchtime and many people have a snack or a sandwich or a wrap or maybe a, a bowl of soup or something like that. What about that part of the day? What do you do? Um, well, I don't have anything actually. Do you not? <laughs> no, because uh, I've had a jolly good breakfast Yep, and it keeps me going all day. See, the problem is, if you have a high-carb breakfast, what happens is that the carbs are converted into fat, which is then deposited. Mm. You know, it goes on to your midriff or other, other, part, other parts of your body. Um, and the trouble is that then you feel hungry at about 11 o'clock. So if you have uh, you know, a bar of chocolate or something like that, then the whole process is, is repeated. Mm. And that's what leads to obesity because it's a combination well it, it, it's because you have the the wrong type of food which ends up as uh, putting on weight rather than meeting your requirements so you still feel, uh, feel hungry 
So, Werner, so, do you go from breakfast? You have nothing around that part of the day. Do you snack in the mid-morning? Do you snack in the afternoon? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Uh, uh, and, of course, the important thing is I don't feel hungry. And so. then when you get later on in the day, when do you have your main meal? At what time? Oh, probably five, six o'clock. And what does that generally comprise of? Uh, well, it's usually fairly traditional stuff. Um, my wife may, might make something with mince and with um, you know, tomatoes and onions. Um, Lots of vegetables. Celery, celery. Yeah, we have pl- pl- plenty, plenty of veg, especially the green veg. Um, and then, I mean, we, we, we might we might have uh, some potatoes. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying everybody has got to. Um, come off the carbs altogether. I mean, if, if you're eating, uh, you know, a diet which has got, uh, you know, potatoes and some bread in it, and you don't have problems, then that's fine. Mm. I think the uh, people who need to be worried, um, and bear in mind that we're probably talking about half the population now who've got diabetes or are likely to get it to carry on the, the, the way they're going. And, um, you know, they've got... It, well, first of all, if they've got type 2 diabetes and the pancreas has already been damaged, then really you've got to go for as few carbs as possible. Okay. Because your pancreas is not able to produce enough insulin to deal with the glucose that's coming through. Mm. But if that happens and you, you cut out you know, your, your, your carbs to... You cut down your carbs to an absolute minimum, then if you're lucky, your uh, pancreas will still be producing enough insulin to, to, to deal with that. And, of course, the proof of that, as people like Dr. Romney have found, is that they're able to reduce their medication. Mm. But the thing is, you're saying, if you're not suffering from type 2 or you don't have a propensity to it, you know, that you're hearing from your GP or they're warning you about it, you're saying you're OK. Can you continue as you are? Is it OK? To- uh, yeah, 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 but what I should say is that it is not just diabetes because they, yeah. uh, the, the high blood sugar can predispose to most of the common chronic diseases. Okay. And by that I mean heart disease, many of the cancers, and uh, increasingly the evidence indicates that, that this is what contributes, is a major contributor to the development of Alzheimer's disease. Mm. Now, uh, but the thing is, if, if, if you, need, you need to check that your blood sugars are under control. Mm. And uh, if that's the case and you're not overweight, and you're feeling perfectly healthy, uh, and um, then, then fine, carry on as you're doing. Okay, now here's the thing, back to your main meal in the day. Yeah, here's indeed. a man that only has his breakfast, doesn't need anything else, he's full, he feels full for the rest of the day. You get to your main meal time, you're telling us lots of vegetables in there as well, green vegetables especially. Yeah, the green vegetables, yeah. What about meat, fish, chicken? Uh, all good news. All good, no oh, problem. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, all of these uh, contain nutrients. They have a certain amount of fat in them, uh, but they will have very little carbohydrates whatsoever. So, uh, and see, the, 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 the big thing is that um, uh, while you can, while you can sometimes usually persuade people that they need to be careful about their carbs, uh, then they say to well, what do I replace it with? And, of course, the answer is good, healthy fats. Mm. And, and this is where people have difficulty because we've all been brainwashed into believing that fats are bad news. But the reality is that um, you know, good, 
healthy fats like what you get in milk and meat and uh, coconut oil, avocados, these are all fine. The, the fats to avoid are the ones that we are told are healthy in inverted commas because they will lower our cholesterol. And again, as I think when I was over with you, we did go into the cholesterol thing a bit. And, and quite frankly, uh, the cholesterol, the whole cholesterol story about it being a serious risk factor for heart disease is a, is a load of rubbish. And that is the only justification for uh, consuming these polyunsaturates because they will help to uh, lower your cholesterol. The reality is most of these uh, fats are what we call the omega-6s as opposed to the omega-3s, which is what we get from fish oils. And in the sort of typical Irish or British diet, we've got far too much omega-6s. I mean, the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 can be anything from 15 to 40. Well, okay. ideally, it should be one-to-one. So replace sixes with threes. Just on the issue of pasta and rice, a lot of people like their curries, their store-fries with noodles, things like that. They're on the avoid list, yes? Uh, yes, they are indeed. Uh, and, I mean, there's, there's a couple of tips that um, we're, we're, uh, we can throw out, and uh, that is uh, to use uh, cauliflower rice instead of real rice. Yep. And, uh, you know, you can you can take the collie and you can grate it by hand or by a food processor and steam it or microwave it to soften it and, um, you know, add some herbs, spices, butter, olive oil, uh, that sort of thing. And, um, I mean, people can find that very tasty. Yeah. And it's interesting that you can actually buy this in some of the supermarkets. That's now. right, I've seen it now. And what about replacing your pasta? People love the pasta. The Italians are doing rightly on it, Vernon. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, one... Uh, suggestion is, is to make crochetti spaghetti, uh, uh, yes. crochetti spaghetti yes. you know, spiralise the courgette. Absolutely. Yeah. Great suggestion. And, uh, you know, heat them briefly in a frying pan and then uh, stir in your sauce. And that replaces it as well. Fiona, yeah. I have to leave it there for today. Thanks for giving us a flavour of your dinner table, breakfast table, etc. Two meals a day. I can't believe it, Werner. OK, and the best of luck. Talk to you again soon. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye, bye-bye. 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 That's Werner Wheelock there. Healthy Eating, The Big Mistake is the name of his book. What about that? A breakfast and nothing else until the main meal of the day. Could you survive? What do you think? Have you a view on this? Don't forget our usual numbers, 86 658 WhatsApp or text, or across our social media. Of course, we're always watching, waiting for you. Back with more after this break. Thank you for your comments to late lunch this Monday afternoon. Jerry, our black Labrador always enjoys his birthday cake. It's made from a basic block of ice cream, which he shares with all of us, says Anne. <laughs> I love it, Anne. An ice cream cake. Yeah, of course, you can't give the dogs chocolate. You know that it'd drive them mad. But an ice cream cake. Never thought of that. I'd say our man would love it for sure. Uh, Jerry, did you just say having a baby is easy? No, I didn't. John uh, did, who was with us a little bit earlier on there, talking about it. Uh, his uh, kidney transplant. He was making the analogy between having a baby and having the kidney. It was as easy as having a baby. Uh, well, James says, um, I think it's time you went to Dublin and 
and took on that challenge to see what it's like having a baby yourself. There you go. Thanks for that, James. Uh, nice to hear from you this afternoon. Uh, Jerry got the book. Uh, who are you anyway? By Kathleen Chute. Fabulous. You're very welcome. I'm delighted you uh, enjoyed it. Um, tell Jerry I love his show. Yeah, thanks indeed for those lovely comments to us on 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. Um, somebody else on to say um, by phone today to us, surely, Jerry, bananas uh, are a natural sugar. Uh, I'm not sure what that man is talking about. Sugar is sugar. You, you know what I mean? Sugar is sugar. You know what I mean? It, it, whether it's natural or manufactured, it does the same thing. It can cause type 2 di- diabetes. And I love bananas, whoever you are. I'm absolutely love them. I'd eat, wouldn't I, Louise? I'd eat at least a, a banana a day, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I love enjoy. them too. Yeah, just one thing. That's but it's out the window now. Well, no, I don't think they're out the window. Even I asked him, I pus- pushed Werner on that. I think he said to me, you know, well, I'm not saying no altogether, but just be aware how much sugar is in the banana mm-hmm. when you're looking at the overall context I get up in the mornings I don't have a breakfast I like to have a piece of toast with marmalade That's I it. love toast and marmalade and a slash of tea then I come in and Louise just feeds me tea 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 well I drink my coffee 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 <laughs> I have a banana mid-morning and then I have a wee sambo or maybe a soup in the winter at lunchtime and then I have my meal when I go home around about five six o'clock six o'clock it'll be when you'd be having the meal at home could you go from breakfast to evening with nothing Louise well, often I come in here with nothing anyway, forgetting the lunch. And by the time I leave, my belly is rumbling and I uh, I just go for sweets then, which is the wrong thing to do. Yes. Uh, but interesting enough, when you said dinner, I remember growing up and a lot of people used to have their dinner at 1 or 2 p.m. Yes. That's... On the That's side. what we did as well. My mum was traditional mum at home. She prepared dinner. We came home from school and had our dinner at dinner time. My dad came home from work and had dinner at dinner time. And then what we had was a tea. Mm. You I know, used, tea time. I used to work with a chap that went backwards. He had his dinner when he woke up in the, sm- in the morning. And then before he went to bed, he had his breakfast. Oh, my God. He said, you know, the bigger foods in the morning, so you'd <laughs> you, have a chance to work them off. You do know some arseways <laughs> people, don't <laughs> you? You really do. It kind of doesn't make sense, though, when you think about it. <laughs> it wasn't one of the unbelievables, was he? They usually <laughs> had the dinner in the morning to get it over <laughs> yeah. for the rest of the day. Maybe he was. The big Hi. GAA match day. <laughs> yeah. Helen says, Hi, Jerry. I changed my diet six months ago. No rubbish. All vegetables. Cut out the bread. Breakfast time. Poached eggs. Melon. Plenty of pasta and rice. There you go. Uh, and... And uh, it works great, says Helen. I'm feeling great. There you go. Like different somebody things just, for different people. Somebody just WhatsApped in. I'm a diabetic more than 30 years. Everything I eat in moderation and my overall blood sugar is always 7.6. Good on you. So you have it steady. And if you have it steady, as Werner said, if you have it steady, keep it like that. But he is a huge advocate and he's passionate about it. In the the uh, his thoughts that what we're being preached by, you know, everybody is wrong. He is for high fat, low carb diet and he believes in it immensely. Healthy eating, the big mistake by Werner Wheelock. Check it out. In association with Home Instead Senior Care here on LMFM Radio's Late Lunch, each month we reveal an unsung hero and it's a fantastic uh, thing to do for people who work away below the radar, give of their all, and they really never acknowledge. Well, we're acknowledging one person each month this year, and then at the end of the year, there'll be a big get-together of all the monthly winners, and they'll receive their award. So today, on the line with me, is Brida Kelly. Hello, Brida. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> 
thank you for joining me on the show and you were one of the many, many people who nominated uh, people and organisations for this monthly award. Tell us who you want to put forward for the month of March. Um, month of April. Well, she's the March winner. You see, we do it the first oh, week sorry. of each of the, of the month following for the month before. Oh, so we've sorry, had sorry, no, sorry. No, 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 you're all right, you're all right. It is, it's not an April Fool's, it is the first of April. I'm... Go on ahead. Who are you nominating? I'm nominating Anne Carolyn. Who is Anne Carolyn? Anne Carolyn lives in Tully Allen. Yep. And she's a very, very good person. She does a lot of work for the community. She uh, gets the Christmas tree put up in the square with the help of her brothers every year. Okay. She distributes envelopes for the church. For right. the collections, yeah. uh, she done the walk from Tully Allen. Uh, she organised and done an awful lot of work from uh, the new. This is uh, the new walkway. I know what you're talking about. Yes, it's the new yes, walkway yes. from Tully Allen down the Glen yes. to Townley Hall. Yes, that's right. And she also organised a collection for the play group. Okay. At uh, the playground in Tully Allen. And oh, she does loads and loads of stuff. So <laughs> year all day, if I told you. Yes, yeah, that's only an example. I know there's more besides, but she was involved in the planning and the implementation and the bringing to life of that wonderful walkway that yes. was opened by Aina Lee Launa at the weekend. Yeah. We saw all around that as well. And the playground as well. So she's involved deeply in the community at all levels. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. And tell me about her. Does she is she is she a woman that you know goes quietly about things in her own way? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. And that's definitely. what you like about her, is it? Yes, yes, yes. So you want no. to put her forward for unsung hero here on LMF? Yes, I do, Jerry. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll tell you. Um, We've had loads of nominations from organisations and people. But, you know, when you told us, and I know you're only giving a flavour for her, there's more besides in what you sent to us. She struck us as somebody who's an individual who gives an awful lot to a community and would really fit the bill for this. So I want to tell you now that Anne Carlin from Tully Allen is our unsung hero for the month of March. There you are. Thank you, Jerry. You are <laughs> very, very, very welcome. Much. Not at all. Thanks for nominating okay. her and putting her name Thank forward. You. It's very kind of you. So, look, we'll be okay. in touch because we have a few little photographs to organise and things now around this. And we're delighted that she'll be with us towards the end of the year to celebrate this as well. Is that OK, Breda? That's fine. That's fine. OK. Thank you very much. Thank indeed. you very much. Nice bye to bye. talk to you. Bye-bye. 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 That's Breda Kelly there nominating. And Carolyn from Tully Allen. Do you know her? Tully Allen people, are you listening today? Are you familiar with this wonderful woman who does so much out there in the community? I know she is just wonderful. And she's a real deserving recipient of the Home Instead Senior Care Unsung Hero of the Month for the month of March here on LMFM Radio's Late Lunch. Have you somebody? Do you know somebody? Or do you know a group? There are a couple of groups have won it so far this year who perhaps deserve a nomination for this. Uh, it's sponsored by Home Instead Senior Care and by year end, they'll all be coming together, the 12 monthly winners, and getting together and receiving their awards. If there is somebody that you know, check it out, lmfm.ie, unsung hero. You can make the nomination there 
or you can call in or you can send us a message if you like by WhatsApp or text 086 658 or across social media again Instagram Facebook Twitter you name it they're all there that you can get a nomination to us get them in and we'll be picking somebody else in a few weeks time for the month of April but for the moment congratulations to Anne Carlin who's unsung hero for the month of March up next on Late Lunch after the final break of the day we're going to hear about the best Irish single malt whiskey. It's not just the best Irish now. It's the best in the world. It's the first time an Irish whiskey has been named best single malt whiskey in the world at the World Awards in London late last week. I'm going to be having a chat with the man in charge, Jack Teeling, in a few moments. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Dundalk with over 150 new and used cars to choose from along with the full Renault commercial van range and competitive finance packages available within one hour. There's never been a better time to visit Blackstone Motors Inner Relief Road Dundalk. Yes, they've done it again. Teeling Whiskey, big associations with the Wee County have been named best whiskey in the world. And it's the first time that an Irish whiskey single malt has ever won this award. And I'm sure he's over the moon after the week he's had last week. He's with me on the line. He's the founder and MD of Teeling Whiskey. Jack Teeling's on the line. Hello, Jack. Hi, Jerry. How are you? How are things? Great. Well, well, well. That was some week last week. (laughs) Oh, look, it was a great week, not only for us, but for Irish whiskey overall. Single malt whiskey is traditionally associated with Scotland, so uh, for an Irish whiskey and a teeling whiskey in that, um, that has, uh, you know, spent a lot of time uh, in Loud, um, uh, taking on its character to, to win the, the world's best is, is a great accolade. And it's not only for us, but in particularly all our staff, we put a lot of time and effort into every single bottle of teeling whiskey. And the other thing, on a personal basis for the Teeling family, your brother Stephen had a new arrival. On the same day as well. So it was uh, uh, the 28th of March will go down in Teeling family history for, for quite some time. Uh, he had uh, uh, his second uh, baby girl, uh, Holly Teeling, was born last week as well. So it's a, it was a great day and led to some great celebrations. Now, will you explain for listeners? I, I know I've... Uh, gone through this before in the past but what distinguishes a single malt whiskey from whiskey in general so to be called single it has to be made in one distillery and to be called single malt distillery it has to be made from 100 percent malted barley um and uh, uh that is the definition and it's distilled in traditional copper pot stills um and uh, it's usually left age for quite some time so you normally see single malts with a lot of different age statements so for our 24-year single malt, it would have been mature for 24 years, so it's a long time. Um, and over that time, it's been 21 years in ex-bourbon barrels, and it was, let's say, given extra maturation or finishing in sauterne, uh, basically sweet wine casks that produced a very distinctive flavor. So single malts are the more flavorsome, more expression. And um, uh, around the world, it's probably well-known, and as I said, more traditionally associated with Scotch whiskey. Um, and the big brands like Glenfiddich and uh, uh, Glenmorangie and all those type of brands. So, so it's brilliant uh, for us um, and for Irish whiskey that uh, we're up there at that top table. And uh, for this year, anyway, we, we've got the crown. <laughs> you certainly have. God, it's a long time when you mentioned those years of maturation, but that's what makes it what it is. Now, this accolade for you at the World Awards, obviously it does teeling a great deal of good. Oh, totally. It's totally... Uh, um, um, we found from our from our Cooley days um, um, that winning awards when you're a new brand or you're relatively new, 
um, it kind of breaks down people, uh, you know, uh, perceptions of, oh, I don't know them. It gives them a vote of confidence and makes them more comfortable to try things. So for us, we've always put a lot of time and effort from, from you know, our coolie days and, and our teeling whiskey days in making sure that every single bottle is as good as we possibly can. Um, and it's, 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 it's worked. Uh, we won many different awards in our coolie days, and we managed to carry that on now that we have had over in the last six years, over 200 uh, international awards. And this would be uh, the largest one that we've ever won. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, we're setting the benchmark quite high. Uh, we've won the world's best, so we have to take it out to the universe now and see what we can do. But, uh, 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 look, it's great. And, uh, you know, as I said, it's, it's a testament to all the time and effort and the efforts of our whole team. Uh, to get us where we are now. I'm sure anywhere in the universe it'll go down a storm, Jack, and <laughs> maybe someday they will taste it. But coming back to teeling and what you're up to and the success you've had, and in general, Irish whiskey really um, capitalising on a world market that's out there and huge potential. For yourselves, you never rest on your laurels. You, you're out top of the world now, but lots to do and many plans for the future. Yeah, it's, it's you know this is it's a long journey in, in whiskey. Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. You always say this industry is like a marathon uh, rather than a sprint. So uh, you got to do the right things consistently over a long period of time. But the opportunity, I suppose, the the reward and the award that's out there is huge. Irish whiskey is still the fastest growing premium spirits category in the world, um, uh, growing very very fast in in markets like the U.S. and it's beginning to kind of cascade into other markets. So the opportunity now, and particularly for for what we do, which is on the more premium, more uh, slightly more flavoursome, more character, more expensive end of the market, it's growing exceptionally fast. Um, so uh, there's lots of opportunities, but lots of challenges, lots of new entrants as well. Like there's over 20 new distilleries over the last five five years. So so uh, while the opportunity is getting bigger, it's getting a little bit noisier, and you just have to be on top of your game and co- constantly challenge yourself to do things better each time. And that's that's what we do. You certainly do. Well, Jack, just wanted to touch base with you for a few moments today to acknowledge a wonderful success and say again to everybody, Teeling Whiskey, single malt, named the world's best the Whiskey Awards in London late last week. Jack, congratulations to you all, all of the family there, and continued success. Much appreciated. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Another great story from the locality on Monday's Late Lunch. Here at LMFM, we're supporting the future champions of Special Olympics Ireland. Didn't they do fantastic at the recent World Games in Addis Ababa? And we're getting behind the annual Collection Day, which is this Friday the 5th of April. Volunteers will take to the streets to raise vital funds, but they still need our help. Register today on specialolympics.ie forward slash collection day to help out this Friday, April 5th, a bucket collection or to organise a fundraiser. So let's get behind our athletes and show our support for local champions of now and the years to come. They're a fantastic organisation. This Friday, if you can help, get on there and register with them and make sure you support them if you're out and about on the final day of this first week of April. That's a lot on late lunch for this Monday. Teeling whiskey, top of the world. There's only one way to finish the show today. Thin Lizzy. And it's in the jar. Whiskey I'm talking about.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.